Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wildcats podcast presented by Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers today. All right. There's some people that were born to play football. You look at them and you immediately say, wow, that is somebody that uh, was born to play football. I am talking with one of those people right now. <laughs> Russell Davis Sr. How you doing, Russell? I'm good, brother. How you doing this morning? Not too bad. Not too bad. You're, we're going to talk a lot about your high, or your uh, college football exploits and the pros as well. And But first of all, you got some cool stuff going on right now. What do you uh, Tell people what you're up to right now. Oh, well, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I just have a podcast. I work at... Um, a digital marketing firm. And one of the things that our boss, uh, Bill Guzmano, uh, really wanted to get involved with was with this NIL and um, the internet and podcast. So he was like, dude, you you played football. You have a son that plays football. You have access to all these kids. I think this would be a great idea. So over like the last year or so, we've really been just fine tuning it and trying to figure out um, you know exactly how we're going to present this and you know i've got about 17 episodes that i've done now um probably my most popular one obviously would have been the one i had with deuce and it went over great and we're just you know kind of reaching out to these parents and talking to them about kids that are in high school how do you make that transition from high school to college you know how do you just pretty much a lot of things that you're hearing now as far as your social media you know be careful what you put on there um, you know, don't go around burning bridges, uh, you know, the work ethic, what does it take to be at the next level? So this is all the kind of things that I want to get on there. And I have like different athletes coming on there, not just uh, dudes. I want to get some of the other guys from U of A. I know Parker, um, Parker Brailsford, the center for mm-hmm. um, UW. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He uh, played with me youth football. So I'm trying to get a lot of those guys on there to kind of just share their experiences. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about Arizona football. Then we're going to get to Deuce. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I thought this team was going to make a jump this year, um, but I thought it was going to be more in kind of that six, seven win realm, mm-hmm. get to a bowl in year three um, and go from there. I did not think this was going to be a team that was knocking on the top 10 door. <laughs> you have played on teams that were on the, in the top 10. Um, what have you just seen from this team and what is, what surprised you or just what does Russell Davis senior see? You know, it, it's very interesting. Um, as the season started, I was right there with you, Mike. I, I was like seven wins, you know, maybe if we get eight, that would be awesome. Um, but you know, like you saw, like I saw once uh, Noah stepped in and he took over, um, it, it was just a, a very different team and the wins started to stack up. And, and to be honest with you, me and my wife, we joke about this all the time, but I've said this. I think that the defense will be as good or better than what I played on when I was in college. And we were the number one defense um, two years in a row when I was wow. there. I, I think we have, I mean, you know, you look at our corners with Ephesians and, and Takario. I mean, they were, I think one was honorable mention and the other mm-hmm. one was a second team DB. You know, these are 
first year, well, not first year, but first year full-time starters, and you're already getting accolades like that, I think the D-line is just going to be amazing. I think the um, the, the strides that Isaiah um, Ward and Deuce have both made, I, I think once they put some weight on and put some lead in their pencil and, and you know, can really get after that quarterback, I think you're going to see two guys that can give you possibly double-digit sacks from both of them. All right, you played on a defensive line that, for my money, is if there's a better defensive line ever in college football, I would love to see it. When Russell Davis Sr. is the quote-unquote weak link as a second round. <laughs> but let's just let's just talk about this for a second. You've got Vonnie Holiday, Greg Ellis, Ebenezer Ekubon. I don't believe Julius Peppers was there yet when you were there. He correct? was he was uh my senior year was his freshman year. Okay. So he was redshirted, yes, but he so was you, there. All right, so just talk about from the D line because you know good D line play. What does it take for what does it take from just the interior and the outside to be effective and then kind of translate that to what you've seen with this Arizona team? Well, I think, one, you need really good edge rushers. I mean, you need guys that they're not necessarily getting a quarterback on the ground all the time, but you need people that can make him uncomfortable in the pocket. And, and that's what I think uh, both Deuce and Isaiah will be able to do. Um, and speaking from an interior guy, I mean, you're a three technique or a nose guard. You need somebody that can push the pocket. And, and I think that um, Kangaika, I think Ty Ty, I think those guys are going to really make huge strides and big jumps for next year. I think Bill Norton was huge this year. I mean, I think for me, I think Bill Norton was probably one of the defensive MVPs. I mean, he he's probably the most underrated guy out there for what he brings to this team, that toughness, because nobody really respects what a nose guard does because it's a thankless position. You don't get all the cute accolades, the sacks and the strip sacks and, you know, but being able to take up two blockers and allowing minor to run free and make all those plays. I think he had like 110 tackles this year. So six and a half I, sacks. He's six and a half sacks. Right, right. So I, I just think that with the addition of a great nose guard like that, it has really helped our team and has given those some of those younger guys, including my son, that confidence of being able to lean on that older guy who's been there, who has two championships, who understands what a championship mentality is. I think that has really been, I think, one of the biggest improvements for us. All right. Now let's talk about a little bit about Deuce Davis. I asked uh, Jed Fish a couple, about a month ago, I said, t talk to a little bit about uh, Deuce and what you've seen. And he said, obviously got to continue to get stronger. He said, but he has a unique ability to bend and he has a unique burst off the ball that you're either born with or you're not. You can kind of work with it a little bit, but he said he's a unique player and he said it, it's been a pleasure to be able to work with him and to watch him progress talk a little bit about what fish said there because again that's that's you commenting on jed's uh comments right there yeah i i think that's great um you know it, it's a lot of hard work too I, I appreciate the fact that he said you're either born with or you're not um you know one of the things that i take a great deal of pride in is when i hear people talk about how how hard he works and his motor and how he he's always competing because when he was young, you know, I knew that the game was evolving or I could see where the game was evolving to more of a passing game and you needed people who could get after the ball. And, and so one of the um, main people that I think I used to, um, to model him after was uh, Simeon Rice. I played with him with the Cardinals for a while and I, I just think he was ahead of his time as far as his athleticism and, and what he did. So that was somebody that I modeled Deuce's game after. Um, Michael Strahan, O.C. Yuman There were a lot of guys like that that I would 
take what I felt like they did great. And I tried to implement that with do. So, you know, for, for uh, Jed to, to say that, you know, he's a special talent, I, I, that means a lot to me, but it also, I think puts pressure on him that he needs to perform. I mean, I think he started to show flashes this year that he could get to the quarterback. I, I think as a father, I watched about five or six sacks that I was like, man, what are you doing? He just got pushed by because he didn't have that weight. So I, I think, he he's very strong. I mean, I right. see the little videos on social media and he's power cleaning 275, squatting. He says 600, but I have to see that. So, <laughs> you know, you know how that is. They say yeah. one thing and you're like, man, eh, okay. <laughs> right. But I mean, he's a lot stronger for his size than uh, people will give him credit for. But I, I really appreciate that. Um, we know with Coach Fish, I think he's done a great job of uh, selecting these young men. Um, when that 22 class came in, you know, there was a lot. Uh, a lot of hype built up around them and what they were supposed to bring to this team and help this team do. And, and I think he's done a great job with that. And I think he's done a great job with the recruiting class and putting these young men in a position to, to really make um, U of A a, a contender. What's the, what's the ideal weight for Deuce in your opinion? Um, I know you've thought about this. Come on. I know yeah, you've thought about yeah, this. Yeah, I have uh, because, you know, I see uh, Kafusi, um, you know, his uh, what he says and he shows the guys like this is what the average defensive man weighs. I would like to see Deuce uh, come into his junior year. I'd like to see him around that 240 mark. I, I think ideally 6'3", 6'4", about 240. And he can still keep his explosion and he can, you know, really bend and, and put pressure on that quarterback. I think 240 to 250 would be great for him. Um, but if he can get bigger and still be explosive, then, you know, hey, sky's the limit. I, I, I think right now I saw his report card that Kafusi gave him. And one of the biggest things that was on there was like, you need to get bigger. And, right. and I think that's hilarious because I'm like, dude, I, I – you want to get fat? I can do that. I can teach you how to do that. <laughs> I want to talk about what it's like, though, in the off season with you guys. Um, but first, you might say to yourself, Mike Luke, uh, you're an idiot. You're right. But the first thing that you should know is the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Now, if you wanted to bet on North Carolina back in the days, maybe the over-under on sacks, that would have been a good spot to do it. But again, check out the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for details. And now let's hear Shane with the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, and here's my BetMGM parlay pick, Russell Davis. Tell me if you like this. I like Arizona to beat Purdue this week. I'm back in the A, and I like Arizona to beat Oklahoma. What's a Super Bowl champion, Russell Davis Sr.? I'm with you on the uh, Oklahoma. I'm actually going to even give you a number. This is this is what I think. I think we win that game, and we win it in huge fashion. I think we win 35-14. Love it, love it, love it. All right, now let's talk a little bit about this. So let's talk about the defense because that's again everybody. We'll we're get, we'll get to the offense, but the defense though has really 
what really has amazed me, first of all, is the overhaul of the D line. You've got your son, you've got Taylor Upshaw, which they brought in, obviously. You got Isaiah Ward. But then, like you said, the front is Big Bill Norton. Uh, you got Kangaika, you got Uiago Lele. There is a plethora of bodies that they're able to throw out. And I'll be honest with you, and you probably saw this from when Jed was initially recruiting. We used to have D tackles that look like me. Now we have D tackles that look like you. <laughs> <laughs> they do, they do. Um, you know, I, I can absolutely attest to that. When Deuce's uh, his freshman year, it, it was tough. I mean, we we didn't look like uh, we could stop a lot of people. So, you know, when um, uh, Bill Norton came in and you started getting this size, you started being like, "Wow, we look like a team now." We start, we're starting to have that, starting to look like Tarzan, you know, a right, little right. bit, and, and everybody's got the size and the strength. And I think that really showed up this year with a lot of big plays, a lot of TFLs, pressures. Um, Upshaw was amazing. I think he, what did he finish with, eight and a half or ten yep. sacks? I eight think it half, was, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and so I think that really pushed and motivated those younger guys, you know, my deuce, uh, Sterling Lane, Isaiah Ward. I think those guys really learned a lot from him and, and were able to see, like, what it takes to be in this league and, and what the size and the strength and what your body endures. Because I know talking with Deuce, um, when he got a concussion, he, you know, he had to sit out and he was just kind of like, you know, wow, that 12 games is a lot on the body. And I'm like, well, yeah, especially when you're only 220 going up against right. 320. So right. I think with that size, it has really helped those guys. And, and I think that leadership has really been something that's helped us get over that hump. All right. Let's talk a little bit about you, though. And when Deuce comes home, what is the workout routine with a senior and junior? Because, again, different body types for sure. It's like uh, it's, it's like uh, Vince Wilfork training um, Julius Peppers. What is it? I'm not as big as Vince Wilfork, am I? You're one of the big. No, but, you know, you're not you don't have the belly that he does. That's that's very true. You are one of the largest people I've ever seen. And I say that in a good way. But no, but I mean, you guys are just built totally different though. What's, what's, what's it like though, you know, uh, dealing with a guy with a basketball player build and a guy that clearly had a football (laughs) player build, you know, you know, it's funny. It just goes back to what I was saying earlier about the kind of defensive ends that I modeled him after. Um, these guys look like small forwards, power forwards now. And I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) I think, uh, last time he was home as a freshman, uh, we were at LA fitness and, um, you know, we were warming up and you know, I'm like, OK, I'll work out with you because I'm still thinking about dudes from high school. You yeah. know, I can still work out with him. And I remember getting on the bench and he's warming up with 225. And I looked at him. I was like, what the hell are you doing? And he was <laughs> like, I'm warming up. Are you ready? I'm like, no, 225 is as high as I'm going. Um, and he's like, oh, God, dad. Like, he's like <laughs> proud at me. And I was like, dude, I don't I don't have to take on double teams anymore. I don't have to do that. So when we work out, I'm just there for motivation now. You know, I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's get to one more rep, one more rep. Because, you know, the way these young men work out, I mean, it's their job now. You know, whereas when I did it, it was my job and I gave it my all. Now I'm a dad. I I just I love being a father. You know, my mom, excuse me, (laughs) my daughter, my uh, congratulations, by the way, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. about to graduate from GCU. <laughs> very so, cool, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, very happy about that. Then she's going to start her uh, master's program in January. But uh, working out with Deuce just doesn't happen. I mean, I'm more there for the support and to kind of give him some pointers. But my my biggest goal as a father, and when he was in high school, was to get him to this level. And I knew once he got Power Five, you don't need that. You know, I'm there. I can give you some advice, some little pointers. But you have 
major major coaches that know what they're doing. They played in the league. They coached in the league. They they ha- I completely trust them. So if he were to come home and ask for any help, I would help him. But I, I just don't feel like stepping out there or, or stepping on coach's toes and telling him something that contradicts with what he's being coached there. Let's talk a little bit about Tyler Owens. We had Tyler Owens, we had T.O. on the show before the season, and I asked him specifically about Deuce. And it was amazing. He was talking about Deuce and uh, Speedy, and he said, these are the two, these are two guys that I really want to see because they have more angular body types. And he said he had just such, and he said they're super hard workers. He had such unique goals. And that to me, Mike, is that a little bit different than when you were playing? And again, I don't want to make it out like you were playing in the Stone Age. But, <laughs> but again, everything was not, let's not just get stronger as here's our goals week by week by week. Here's what we want to do. How has it changed? And talk a little bit about T.O. if you got any opinions on that. Yeah, I think he's done an excellent job down there. I mean, I think I came up under one of the, um, you know, a really great uh, strength coach in uh, Jeff Madden or Mad Dog. And, um, you know, when he was at Carolina, he came in there and he took us literally from boys to men. I mean, your strength coach is somebody that you spend probably 90 percent of your time with. And so you you develop this bond and they, they learn you and they learn what your quirks are. But I think for us, when we were in college, it wasn't a workout wasn't tailor made to each individual player. It was, okay, you're a defensive lineman, you're an offensive lineman, you need to be big, you need to be strong, you're going to do power cleans, you're going to do squats. I mean, I think now these young men go into the weight room and they have iPads and they pull up their name and they have a certain workout for Deuce Davis, for Isaiah Ward, for Kangaika, and it's just like, that's amazing to me, whereas we would come in, you look through D-line, Russell Davis, you grab your workout, you get in a group with uh, other D linemen and you'd work together and you would just gauge your um, your what you're lifting off of everybody around you and what you could do. There wasn't a computer telling you your max reps and how much right. velocity you use. Like So to me, it blows my mind. And a lot of times I do feel like I played in a leather helmet when I talk to him and I see all their equipment. <laughs> leather helmet, like Jim, like yeah. tackling Jim Thorpe or something. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel like when, I, when he talks to me. Like uh, we did a little video – and I had an episode where I had kind of shot up field and I was just talking to him and, you know, talking crap to him. And he's like, well, dad, you got to use your hands better than that. And, you know, just running up field is not going to cut it anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I did make it to the NFL for nine years, Super Bowl champ, buddy. You know, I am right. kind of good. I've been around. What I've is, been around a little bit. What was your max bench? Mm, uh and don't say something five. like 300 or something. No, I no, no, no. I've, I've done 405 um, probably two or three times. I don't know if I ever just got under a bunch of weight and was like, here we go. I'm going to see how much I can do. Um, I, I know I've done 405 for a couple of reps. So, right. you know, maybe 425. All right. All right. We'll, we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide. You still feels like you're doing a little more than that. Like you're being modest with us. I, I don't, I, no, no, that's, that's a lot of weight though, uh, Luke. That's, that's a lot of yeah. weight for 05. No doubt. All right. Let's talk about the offense a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Noah Fafita, like you said, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I saw Noah in high school a couple times and I, I saw when, uh, during, um, his freshman year, I was like, some dudes just get it. Now, again, I get that he's about five, eight or whatever. So there was always kind of that question, but man, I mean, I mean, you, you, you know, this better than anybody playing, you know, in that, uh, that when you, the quarterback makes things easier for everybody, yes. it makes the defense more. And when you know what's going on, I mean, you know, th- that 2022 class that your son is a part of, 
that's a special, special class. And there's going to be a lot of NFL dudes and a lot of all-conference players coming out of that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with you 100%. When I sit back and watch where these young men started and where a lot of them are now, um, just speaking about Noah, I – I, I think I was like everybody else. You, you heard stories about him, and I would hear things from Deuce, and he'd be like, Dad, you know, Noah's got a great touch, and he looks like this in practice. And, but he never had the opportunity. But once he got out there, and it was like, even when he makes a mistake, if he does throw an interception, it's so minor that as a defense and as a fan and as a father of a defensive player, you don't feel like, oh, my God, we're in jeopardy. It's like, right. okay, he made a mistake. I just think he makes everybody better around him because when you have a good quarterback that can keep the chains moving and can get you three points, seven points, can give you a chance to rest, it makes your defense better. It gives them an opportunity to be fresh when they come back in the game. Like he doesn't, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I mean, he's very poised in the, in the pocket, which is which is rare nowadays. I mean, you see so many kids, young men, get skittish in that pocket and they start running around. He, he sits there and he, he goes through his reads. If it's 25 yards down the field to T-Mac or if it's six yards out of the backfield to Jonah, he'll take whatever's given to him. And, and I think that's, to me, that's what I've seen the difference in this team from uh, last year to this year. Yeah, you might look at Russell Davis and you said, man, that guy hit the uh, genetic lottery. You might also want to join the Arizona lottery, Russell Davis. All right, now, who doesn't like making money? Go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. Find a retailer like our friends at Circle K near you at Arizona Lottery. You must be 21 years or up. You can put down a dollar and win $500,000. Get some of that NFL money, Russell Davis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or NIL money. Or NIL money, exactly. <laughs> All right, Russell, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Have you been to Circle K lately? Uh, I want to say I've been this week. Um, I they, I like their coffee. I, all right. I, I, I do. I enjoy their coffee. <laughs> all right. I like Circle K as well. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app. Terms apply and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Knocked out two reads right there. All right. One guy that really uh, – one player that really struck me as being unique, and then I want to get your take on the Oklahoma game. Um Jonas Savanea. Um, that's more of who Russell Davis uh, reminds me of as far as the build and everything. <laughs> I've never seen a dude come in here. And again, you got to remember, we're at Arizona. We're not at like North Carolina where you were playing, you know, where you're you're a, obviously a future NFL player and you got a lot of dudes around you. So seeing NFL type dudes come in here was just very unique. But Savanea was somebody that when I first saw him and he was 6'4, 330, and he's got like, he's got discernible ab muscles i was like whoa this is a this is a different era that we're in here russ yeah yeah yeah, absolutely um when when i saw him as a freshman i was like oh my god like you knew right away you can look at certain people you know and say okay that guy's gonna be playing on sundays you know him t-mac those were guys even as incoming freshmen i was like they're special and to see him and to see a man that's that large and that massive and just look the physique like he has, the flat yeah. stomach. I get jealous. I'm like, right. oh, what's your right. secret? Like, tell me. I want right. to know how you do that. <laughs> it, now, is that, let me ask you this. As somebody that's naturally big, is that just something, is that just genetics right there? As far as being big? It's just as far as being big, but also being able to carry it. Carry Because it. like you see different body types and whatnot. It's just being able to carry it like that. Is that genetics? Is that hard work? A combination of both? What say you? Uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, you you obviously you can look at a kid when they're young and you see those square shoulders and you look their body starts to look like they can carry a lot more weight. 
So as these young men get older and they're spending time in a power five weight room and their diet, uh, all that comes into effect. So now you have a body frame that's built to put on weight. And now you're with working with a great coach who's going to put that weight on. You got great nutrition staff. So, you know, things have just changed so much from when I was in school. You didn't have somebody there saying, okay, how, what's your calorie intake for the day? Oh, you're down 1500 calories. You need to get, it was just like, go eat, go eat and work out. And that's what you did. What's Deuce's calorie intake? Not enough. (laughs) (laughs) I told him when he, when he comes home for Christmas for a little bit, I think they'll be able to come home like the 29th or something like that. I'm like, dude, you need to hang out with me and my buddies, man. I'm going to take you to the bar. We're going to smoke cigars. We're going to drink beer and eat chicken wings. And we're going to live the American dream, right? Yeah, now. absolutely. I'm like, you got to put on weight. Like, that's easy right. to do. Like, you 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 know, lifting, running, all, everything you do with football is so difficult. And everything they have you do in the classroom, the one thing that they have a complaint with is you need to eat more. Right. That's not a big problem. <laughs> You're like, listen, we got a lot of cheese-based dishes here that we can uh, we can mm-hmm. make work. Uh, we got a lot of uh, meat as well. What yeah. is the was there a point when you knew that, you know, like, was there a point when you knew that he was a little bit different athletically when he maybe could do some things that some other kids couldn't? Uh, you know what? It was I always wanted him to be an edge rusher. Well, not edge rusher, but I knew I played defense. So I was always pushing him towards defense. I never really um, pushed him towards offense just because I, I have a, you know, offensive players are a little bit too sensitive for me. Right. Uh, right. It's like, I got to have the ball. I want the ball. It's me, 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 me. Whereas defense, I don't need the football to be successful. So I, I, when he was young and I would teach him pass rush moves. And as he got older, I started seeing his development and I started seeing where, wow, this kid could be special when it comes to rushing the passer. And and it was something that I knew that he would, I'd say, hmm, probably like sixth grade, seventh grade, middle. So like that middle school age when I really started to see him develop and really starting to understand like what a pass rush could do. And then when he got to high school, it, it was just okay wow, you're getting 10 sacks, 13 sacks, right. you know, 17 sacks. Like it, it just started coming, and I was like, wow, this kid's got an opportunity to do something special. And, you know, I'm just waiting on him now to do that for uh, U of A. I think that his junior year, I told him, you know, you need to come in 235, 240. I mean, you look at – you got two, two-and-a-half sacks this year. You probably missed another six or seven. I mean, you could easily get a double – you could be a double-digit sack kind of guy. And that's that's my aspirations and my goals for him while he's at U of A. I want him to lead the – pack. well, it'll be Big 12 now. Right. But I want him to lead the conference. I want him to be that elite pass rusher that in, you know, close games, he can be that closer. You know, when we're, we're up by seven or we're up by ten and we need to get somebody off the field, that's what I have in mind for him, and that's what I, I want for him. You had to have been a proud popster in that SC game because he was the best pass rusher on that entire field <laughs> that game. And, you know, that again, granted, it's it, not a, you got it. Look, just talk about the SC game there. Right? And for people that don't know, two and a half tackle or a two uh, tackles for loss, a sack and a half. Talk about your boy right there. I, I was uh, actually I was at Fox Cigar Bar watching the game and I was just screaming and yelling because it was first of all, it was such a great team game. But then to also see your kid be a part of the team, but then be a little bit bigger than the team and get those like and get a sack. And I saw him like when he got the first one, 
he was kind of like, like he was looking around, right. like, yeah, I was just laughing. And then when he got the second one or the half one, I saw like the technique. The first one was, oh my God, he got a sack. I'm so happy for him. But then I started watching his technique more and I started to see someone who grew and developed in a game. He got the confidence going against such a good team at USC, a great quarterback like Caleb. And he started to develop his own identity and he started to understand, I can do this. I can compete with these guys and I may even be better than them. So as a father, I was, I loved every second of it. He also had a nice game against UCLA. Is it something personal against the LA schools? You know what? I don't know. It does seem that way. He should have had two against UCLA. He, he had him in his grasp, but that just comes with, uh, you know, he's got to work on that grip. So when you grab somebody, they're yours, but Hey, you know, I hope he keeps playing like this. And now with the Big 12, uh, you know, we know uh, uh, Nico Marquial. He's mm-hmm. at West Virginia. Um, I'm sure we know a lot, a couple of other kids out there. I think uh, Kansas, I want to say Trey Spivey, he played with him at yep. Hamilton. So he's going to be out there. So, you know, it's always good when we to, to play against kids that you know and to go out there and be like, hey, I know you. I came here to kick your butt today. Let me ask you this, and then we'll get to Oklahoma. Were you surprised? Because I've asked a couple coaches about this off the record and asked him last year. I said, why wasn't Deuce more highly recruited? Because led the led the state in sacks, NFL bloodlines, looks the part. Um, now, granted, we're ecstatic to have him, and the, both coaches said he was remarkably under-recruited, but we'll take him. Yeah. What did he well, what, what what went on there? Because to me, that's just what is. Was that just a missy valve? Because like I read, both coaches just said this kid should have been a four star prospect. That's what four star prospects look like. Um, <laughs> that's a sore spot for me because I get really pissed off with the star ratings and all these different places out right. here that rank these kids five star and four star, and you know it, it drives me nuts. Being here in Arizona, um, Deuce wasn't even top five defensive lineman in his own state. but like And he said, led the state in sacks at a premier school. At a, yes, exactly. He had 13 and a half his, in a COVID-shortened year. Um, and then his senior year, he had 17 and a half, won every award yeah. that a defensive lineman could win. I, I, just, I just think it's hard for these people that are in Texas to evaluate somebody in Arizona. Yeah. But how, do, how do you even come up with this system of, I'm going to rate this kid. And, you know, and of course, when you hear about this stuff, as, as a father, I want to know, well, how are y'all coming up with this? So um, right. um, Kevin McCabe, I was talking to him about it. And I asked him, like, what goes into that? And he's like, basically what the star system is. And I thought it was a joke. Even It just made me laugh even harder because it's like, oh, well, these are kids that have potential first round size. Right. So it's not you're basing this on their play or anything. It's like, oh, this kid's 6'5". 280 so he's a five star and it's like what because we had i could go i mean you could get me riled up there's kids right here in arizona that were ranked higher to him that went on to all these big schools and then they started transferring and you know i don't think any of the kids that would rank higher to him at the same position even have the same success that he's having in college well and see that's my other problem with the ranking system as well is yes if somebody's 6'4 215 or 220 guess what they've got four or five years to put on weight the whole thing, mm-hmm. the whole thing, just uh, to me doesn't make a ton of sense. But like I said, we're glad, we're glad that he matriculated yes. to Arizona. Yes. Um, all right, Oklahoma, Arizona. You like, uh, you're back in the A in this one, Russell. Oh, uh, yes, for the last two years, Luke. Yeah. Come on. All right, talk to me. How do you see this game unfolding? 
I think it's good for us. I think um, it's going to start out, I think, first quarter, maybe even first half, it's going to be kind of like that boxing match. You're going to feel each other out, some jabs. But I think, you know, Fish is going to get out there and he's going to, you know, let the reins off. I think the team is comfortable enough now. They they trust in their quarterback. They trust the offense. They trust the defense. And I think that's a huge part of what has led to their success is the trust. The yeah. offense, unlike a year or two ago, where we would give up 35 points, right. you know, and the offense had to score 42 points. I think now they understand that if we can hold a team under 21, you know, 17 points, and the offense can go out there and put up 35 points, then we're going to be just fine. So I think that level of trust is, for me, is what I see a big improvement over the last year is just a trust factor. And what, what really, and getting back to the defense here, what's really impressive too is that when you've got those kind of corners that you mentioned too, the six three, six foot four, it gives you it gives you such a margin for error. Now again, I mean, you played with Dre Bly, who we're going to get to in a second, who was <laughs> interception machine. But yes, when, you, when you look, when if even if you get beaten, you can look back and you're six foot four, you can bat the ball around. It's easier to play on an island, and it allows the defensive line to really focus on what they're supposed to do there, and the linebackers can play downhill. Everything about this defense just kind of works yeah it, it does that's why i made the comparison earlier I, I think this could be a top tier defense i think what will we like 35 at the, mm-hmm. at the end of the season yeah. I, I think we make a huge push i, I we're definitely going to be a top 25 defense next year i think maybe even at the end of the season we could be in the top 15 like you said we have some great corners that can line up and play man i, I saw where they just uh got a, a young man in from the mm-hmm. portal yeah um, so Indiana. Yeah, out of Indiana, and you know that just adds to the depth that we already have. But to be able to line a six foot three corner up and, and put them in press, that's that helps your defense because now you're throwing those routes off, and it's giving your defensive line that extra second or second and a half that they need to get to that quarterback. So just like you said, everything is just starting to come together, and I just think it speaks volumes to what Coach Fish has done with bringing in uh, Coach Nansen. And, and he's brought in the offensive coordinator. I think everything is just starting to gel and everything is just starting to kind of, the cream is starting to rise to the top. Now you mentioned you're a cigar guy. What's your favorite kind of cigar? Ooh. Uh, first one, I probably want to start off with a little something mild, but uh, as, as the Sunday goes on or the Saturday goes on, I like a little more full body, a little Arturo Fuentes. Oh, you got to go to Arturo. Uh, oh, okay, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Arturo Fuentes a lot. Uh, Liga Privada is always a very good one. Um, I have a lot of buddies who are big time cigars where they turn almost their entire basement into a humidor. So I've been blessed to be able to sample some really nice cigars. You should go check out. Uh, you should smoke one of those cigars at the Gila River Casino sometime, Russell Davis. <laughs> you do you at the Gila River Resorts and Casino. Visit play at Gila.com for more details. You can live like an NFL player. You can live like Russell Davis Sr. They offer an authentic and immersive experience, all kinds of good stuff. Check it out. Gila River Resorts and Casinos and... Uh, Desert Financial Credit Union. All right, let's find this one right here. And then we're going to talk some uh, Russell Davis football background because not a lot of you guys know about this. Or maybe you do, but I still want to talk about it. All right, Desert Financial Credit Union. Check it out. 
when you open up a free uh, checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. You will thank me later. They are about the community for the community. All right. If you uh, if there is a better defensive line like we talked about in college football history, I want to see it um, than the North Carolina. We got to talk about this. <laughs> you played, first of all, Russell Davis, second round pick. Played uh, eight years in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Super Bowl. Nine. nine, nine, nine. I, nine. Need that. I need that extra year. Apologize. <laughs> apologize. Super Bowl no champ. Super Bowl yes, champ. Second round pick. You were also flanked by some fairly good defensive ends, guys, that made a lot of money as well. Um, Ebenezer Ekubon, Greg Ellis, uh, Vonnie Holiday, And then mm-hmm. uh, you said uh, Julius Peppers came in as a freshman. Um, let's just talk. Let's just talk about what that was like, because I can't even fathom. <laughs> you, you know it's crazy because I don't really I don't really appreciate that stuff until I sit down and I talk with people like you or um, I talk with fans of the game because at the time I was so wrapped up in being in college and a college life and I didn't take the time to really experience and, and to enjoy who I was playing with and to to know that these four or five years weren't going to be they were just going to fly by so fast so it's like as I've gotten older and now I have a son playing, it's like, gosh, I'm always like, dude, take pictures with this guy. You know, when you go to yeah. UCLA, make, just be a fan of the game. And I hate that I wasn't a fan of the game when I played college or professional. It was just I got so caught up in the business aspect of, OK, I'm in college and I want to make it to the league. So what do I have to do? I didn't really take time to smell the roses and enjoy like, wow, you're playing next to Bonnie Holiday. You're, you're playing next to Greg Ellis. You know, Ebenezer Ecubon, like all these guys went on to be top 15, top 20 picks. And to me, they were my teammates, but I really didn't just take a a second to really embrace and to look around and be like, wow, we did something special here. But now as an adult, I have, you know, my memorabilia, as you can see stuff up on the wall back there. It means more to me now as an adult and seeing my son go through and I'm like, make sure you take pictures. I mean, you know, Upshaw, he's. Eight and a half, ten sacks. That's you know we haven't had that. So be around that, enjoy the moment. So you know I I, I love being around those guys and, and I love the time that we had. But I just wish I had appreciated it more when I was in that moment. Did you let me ask this? Did you guys know at the time that this was special? Forget about enjoying it. Did you know that man? We're all NFL players. <sighs> you know it, it's. Yeah, I, I think we did. did you I know? think uh yeah, I, I think uh our my sophomore and junior year where we were like the number one defense in the nation, especially my junior year, we played like it. We had the the ego, we had the swag, whatever you want to call it. We knew coming out there that we were the best defense and we were gonna kick your butt no matter what you tried to do. So that came with once again that trust, that teamwork, that camaraderie, being together for a year and knowing like look. I can count on this guy. I see he, I see Dre's always making plays. I see Ebenezer's making plays. I see Russell's making plays. So coming into our junior year and some seniors, we knew that we were better than anybody we stepped on the field with. And I think that's a big part of defense is knowing that I'm going to kick your ass no matter what you do. That's right. how much better I am than you. So 
Well, it's fun. So when I was growing up, I was in middle school when you were playing, and I remember all that team very well because the stats would always come out. This was when newspapers were still a big thing, (laughs) and the stats would come out, and every single time, Dre Bly, another interception, eight or nine. I think he might have – I don't know. Do you have ten one year or nine or Mm, something? I think he had more than that. I think he may have been – yeah, it was up there. It was over double digits. It was wild. Did he ever thank you guys? Oh, all the time. Absolutely. Dre, even to this day, I, I stay in touch with a lot of those guys from the 94 class and guys that played on that team. And, you know, Dre will chime in and he's like, man, I just want y'all to know, man, I love you guys. You guys got me drafted up front. Because, you know, it was one of those yeah. things where he knew if you're for, you only had one move. You couldn't do outs and ups. You couldn't do sluggos. Right. You had to if you run your route and that was it. Because if not, my boys are going to be on your quarterback's head. So, we we loved him. He loved us because it, it was we worked together. It was like if you can hold those receivers, we're going to get to the quarterback. And then he's like, if you get to the quarterback, I'm gonna get those interceptions. Who is the re- now? This has just popped into the top of my mind. Who was the receiver that I believe played in the NFL that always had around 800 yards? Um, in Carolina, uh, yeah, Nate Brown. Yeah, Nate Brown. Nate, Nate Brown. Yeah. There, there's a name for the. I don't know why that just came. Yeah, to my that's, mind. that's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but that one came. I want to say four or five years in the NFL as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, he played for a little while. Yeah, and yeah. you know what's crazy about them? He couldn't see. Like he had to wear glasses. Yeah, and he would. He used to tell us like we used to see him make catches, and we were like, "Oh my god, how did you do that?" He goes, "I can't see, bro." He goes, "When I see, I see a little dot coming at me." Yeah, so we're that- like. What the hell? <laughs> well, right. And it was funny. I don't, I, like I said, I have a lot of memories of that North Carolina team, even though obviously, what was it like playing for Mac Brown? He's obviously was, back at UNC. What was it like playing for him? It was really good. I didn't appreciate Mac Brown until he left. Um, I, I found out what a real head coach is supposed to do. Like right. you think, oh, a head coach is a coach. Head coach is a politician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. makes sure everything runs smoothly and he gives it to his coordinators. And and I think, uh, you know, Mac Brown was masterful at that. Um, you know, when I was there, I used to look at it like, oh, he's so standoffish. And, you know, all we ever deal with is Coach Torbush or, you know, Donnie Thompson is my position coach. But once he left to go to Texas, it was kind of like, you know, then you saw guys start to get in trouble a little more. Right. You just saw little things start to happen around the team. And you're like, wow, he really held things together. So for me, uh, Mac Brown was one of those people that I didn't fully appreciate him until he left to go to Texas. And then when he came back to Carolina, I was one of those people on social media that I loved it. I, I thought it was I thought it'd be great for Carolina. Unfortunately, it didn't work out the way any of us thought it would. But, you know, right. it was just uh, it was great to see him come back. OK, now real quick. And then I want you to give a shout out to somebody that definitely deserves a shout out. But first, oh, geez. Now, here's the deal. Um, OGs, they got all kinds of your gummies and everything that you might want. Maybe a gummy with a cigar. Check it out. To learn more about OGs gummies and where you can find them, have, head over to OGs Brands. All kinds of good stuff. They got the creams, the peaches, all kinds of good stuff. Check it out. OGs. All right. Uh, excuse me, Michael. What kind of gummies are you advertising there? Oh, THC gummies. THC gummies. Oh, okay. Because I was like, really? Is this where we're at now? Where it's just this? <laughs> Oh, it's everything. It's a free-for-all. <laughs> it's a free-for-all. It's all legal. Now, we got to give a shout-out. You got to give a shout-out to your lovely wife right here. Let's talk about yes. just everything. She's on social media as well. Awesome, awesome. 
the, like I said, I always talk about the 2024 or the 2022 class and what great parents these all, you guys are at the top of that list. Talk a little bit about <laughs> your you. lovely wife. You know what? Uh, she is the backbone to this family. Um, she's the unsung hero. You don't see her a lot. Um, you know, you hear about her, but it's kind of like uh, Kaiser Sose. Like you, you hear the name, but you're like, does this person really exist? Um, she, she holds this family together. Um, she's, hey, you know, don't write this. Don't put this on social media. You know, she's all about the family image and, you know, everything that we do. And everything that we're about is about making our family better. And she is the one that holds us accountable to that. And like I said, I, I just could not thank her enough for what she does around here and what she does for this family. Like uh, some of the things that I I tell her because I'm not like a super emotional person. And she's right. one of those people that's like, I love you so much. And I want you to express your feelings. So one of the things that I always do with her is I'll come sit in the bedroom or wherever she's at. And I'll just be like, you know, Ivana, I want to thank you. And she knows that that thank you encompasses so much that I can't right. even begin to put it into words, like going down a checklist of things that she does for this family. And she just does it with no care about being thanked for it. Or she just knows this is my family and I want to take care of them. So absolutely huge shout out. If it was not for Ivana uh, Davis, I don't think any of us would be as successful as we've been. All right, before we sign uh, before we sign off here, I told and I lied to Russell. I told him we were gonna do 25 minutes <laughs> and then I would do all the reads, but I did all the reads during while Russell was here because this is such a good time. Russ, we gotta you gotta talk again about what you're doing though, because you got some really good stuff going on. Uh, for the people that have uh, just hopped in, what's going on with Russell Davis Sr.? Yeah, yeah. Um, so once again, I uh, I work with a digital marketing company, but I've just now kind of gotten more into running the social media podcast uh, arena. And I started my own podcast, The Route with Russell. And basically it's just um, a podcast for parents and really for anybody, but mostly for parents and young kids who are striving to go to that next level. I wanna have um, coaches come on. I have different guests come on there, the athletes. And to explain to parents, this is what it's like. This is what it takes to be a D1 college football player, or not even just a D1 college football player, but just a, a college athlete. This is what it takes academically. This is what you need to be doing social media-wise. This is what you need to be doing in the classroom. This is how you need to handle yourself. So it's just, a. I think each episode speaks to different levels of what's going on in, in the sports world. I, I recently had uh, someone on there who was big into mental health. Um, we talked about the whole Caleb Williams. We kind of touched on what's going on in the uh, football arena. You know, Caleb Williams, when he jumped in the stands with his mom, right. you know, that's been discussed. So it's just a, a, just a forum to where we can discuss what's going on with college football, college sports, and how to, how best to maneuver that with your kids. All right. In the game of life, Russell Davis Sr. gets it. We need more Russell Davis Seniors. <laughs> all right, Russ, really appreciate you. We will have you on again this offseason. Yeah. I'm putting you in, all right? Okay, yeah, absolutely. All right. For Russell Davis Sr., I am merely Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.